This is Wondering Wanders, two ordinary guys wondering about extraordinary things. Obviously, I played bingo with a blind lady, and it was fantastic. And today, the usual like uh, activities director lady, she wasn't there. And so Ryan Tex, the governor, got to call the bingo numbers. Ooh. She was big, big excitement about. Yes. And I got to push around the prize cart and give out <laughs> the prizes. Very nice. Which I got to be honest, I was a little worried because usually when the normal lady is there, the lady's pushing around the prize cart... And every time she, like, goes to somebody, she's like, oh, they can't have that. They have diabetes, so don't mm-hmm. give them candy. I have no recollection of who those people were. And so, the, but there was the, the lady who usually pushes around the prize cart was still there. But she was like, if you want to do it, go ahead. So you got to push the prize so cart? So I pushed it around, but I have no yes. idea if I gave people who have diabetes chocolate. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, they're fine with dying already, I think, anyways. So. Fair enough. You know. Yeah. But it was, really, but then I ended up having an awesome conversation afterwards in this lady's room. She was doing a puzzle. She was just talking about how good her life was, and then telling good. me all these bad things yeah. that happened to her, but not at all in a bad way. Of just like a, oh my fond memories. Mm. My husband died young. My son died young. But like, man, I had some great times with him. It was like, oh my gosh, you're awesome. She was ninety four. She's just a great lady. It's a lot of years. Betty. It's a lot of years. A lot of years. Yeah, so really good. What about you? It was very, very good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Huss, that, I think any sort of ministerial visit you do is always just really humbling. Yeah. Especially, especially when you have someone sort of share their life with you in a way that's just... It's kind of surreal because it's like who in the world would ever have an interaction where someone talks about like a loved family member dying uh, and that that's still like a pain and uh, that family relationships are strained and the frustration of being told you're going to leave the hospital yesterday, but actually you're, you're still in the hospital and things have declined and you're going to have to do rehab. You know, I mean like, yeah, it's it's like such a privileged place to get to receive that and to uh, yeah just to be able to enter into it to pray with them and then to leave pray with them again you know it's it's just a yeah so Justin and I finished early today and uh went down to the chapel and I was sitting in the chapel and I was just like man it was just me and Justin in the chapel and we were in there for probably 20 minutes. And so I was praying with like all the people that we saw. And yeah, I was just, I was just like, man, I get to like, I get to do this for the rest of my life. And that's, <laughs> it was just really, I felt very full today. So it was, wow. It was good. Okay. Great so. segue into my first question. Yep. And we're back folks. We're here. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. I'm Eli. I'm Joseph. And this is Wondering One. I almost forgot my name there. <laughs> Sometimes names are hard, Joseph. Been feeling spacey lately, so <laughs> there you go. Me too. This week's been yeah. wild. We had three midterms, and I have three projects due next week. Woo! I have 
written one sentence for one of those three projects, and I'm leaving tomorrow right after classes. <laughs> anyway, so my question. I, sure I had this thought. Frisbee golf after class. No, I'm not playing frisbee golf. Oh, Other okay. people are. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. I'm going to St. Louis. I was like, you double booked, man. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. But, okay. so, uh, the other day I was praying, and I was thinking about it, priesthood and life and everything, and doing ministry for the rest of my life. And I had this thought, mm-hmm. what if, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, mm-hmm. you got hit with a, stony, a Tony Stark bomb from the first Iron Man, and you had pieces of metal in your heart that were slowly moving to your heart, but you had a magnet thing to keep you from dying, but you knew it would only keep you alive for, let's say... Uh, three years right now, from today. Yeah. Three years from today. Uh, would that be enough? Yeah, yeah, that would work. Um, would you stay in seminary? Yeah. Why? That means that, just for everybody who doesn't necessarily know exactly the math, that means you'd be a priest for maybe a couple months. Um... Well, I think first off, I would ask my bishop <laughs> if we could maybe move that date up. <laughs> but you would still become a priest. That's, yes. That's, yes, that, that's kind of the yeah. real question. Um, yeah, I can't imagine doing anything else in that three years that would be as fulfilling as this. Like, I feel like anything that I did in that time would just be me, like, being selfish and wasting time. Yeah. So... Yeah. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say. Well, I, I would do the same thing. I'd say, hey, uh, Bishop, <laughs> I'm dying. I got hit with a, a, an Iron Man bomb. Yeah. Can I... Can <laughs> you know, I, the Iron you know, Man bomb. <laughs> it's like your classic situation yeah. where I have like, exactly three years. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can we, like, push this up to maybe two years or something? But, like, yeah. so I thought about there's this... Uh, I don't think he's a saint yet. I think he's venerable, but he was a German... Uh, seminarian during World War II, mm. and then he he got ordained a transitional deacon. Back then, I think he was a subdeacon. And he... Oh, no, he was full deacon. Anyways, then he got sick. He got tuberculosis. And when he was in the hospital, he had a roommate, and at one point something happened in the news or something, and he said, oh, the Fuhrer is really doing great, huh? Like kind of derogatory towards Hitler. Mm-hmm. And the next day, he ended up in prison. Mm. Um, and he was in prison for... He was in a concentration camp for six years. And he had tuberculosis and was pretty much dying the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then, towards the end of his six years, a bishop got arrested and put in the consecration camp. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up getting contact with his home bishop and asking for, for permission for that bishop to ordain him. And it was this awesome thing where like yep. the prisoners made... Like a miter and crozier out of random junk for him to wow. him, like yeah. got, somehow got oil and stuff for him to ordain him, and he got ordained in a concentration camp, and he said one mass, and then he died. Hmm. And I, I, you know, I was thinking about it. I thought, is it worth it? Absolutely. Yes, and that is incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. Because yeah. honestly, yeah, my first thought when I thought about this was like, oh, if I found out I was dying, I would leave. And then I thought, no, 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 I want to say Mass. I want to be able to forgive sins. I want to, like, w- would one holy Mass be worth 
my whole life leading up to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that is awesome. Yeah, I just can't imagine doing anything else where I'd be like, that was that was worth more. You know, yeah. like that yeah. was that was more in line with who Joseph was made to be, you yeah. know. So no, I, I I don't think I would leave. That'd be a very weird situation to know exactly when I was gonna die though. So Yep, yep. Well I mean the more realistic situation would be like, okay, you found out you have cancer and if it was closer ordination, you know, like you have a year to live or something. Yeah. Uh no, absolutely. Yeah, I'd stay. Yeah. I want to become a priest because then you become a priest for eternity too. So that's cool. That is cool. All right. Let's start with a prayer. That, I liked that question. That was, a, that was a great question. Thank you. Yeah. Was I, was, I was much more prepared for that than the next part. So, <laughs> <laughs> The prayer? Classic. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I'm not prepared to pray. <laughs> Let's pray. Amen. Your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Teach us how to pray. God, we thank you so much for the gift of calling us here to become your holy priests. We ask for the gift of wonder, to wonder at what it is that you're calling us to, to help us to live with holy dread of what it is you're calling us to. And we pray for, for all those who are lift, listening that they may know their vocations, what you're calling them to today and every day for the rest of our lives. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All righty. Yes. As you know, I'm a big fan of Wendell Berry. Yes. Yes, you are. Who I think I've talked about on this podcast before, but he is a, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. He's a philosopher mm-hmm. uh, and an author who writes incredible novels. Um, he's so good at writing and he loves the simplicity of the world, and he's kind of specializes as an agricultural and, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Environmental philosopher. Okay. Um, it, I, he, I, he attracted me because of the agricultural part of it, but the environmental part I'm starting to find cooler because <laughs> he's not just a crazy hippie. Yes. He's, he's like a cool philosopher about it. And he's like a cool crazy hippie. He's like a, huh, yeah, I guess so. But he's like yeah. a cool, he's not a crazy hippie because he's like a fun farmer. Who started a program to teach people how to farm one. So he's like an OG hippie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like what a hippie should be. Yeah. Um, but anyway, platonic ideal exactly. hippie. But so I'm reading this book by him right now called mm-hmm. What Are People For? Mm-hmm. And he's, so far, it's essays of him writing about other people. But anyways, long story short, he's talking about uh, uh, environmental issues. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that Politics cannot solve the problem because it is not a political issue. So, like, for example, California just banned you can't buy gas-powered lawnmowers. Mm-hmm. And he would say that is not at all a solution to the problem because you're just trying to politicize away a, a, a human problem with a, by, with a political answer. And so his thing is, so, like he says, if we found a renewable energy that was perfectly efficient, had no negative side effects, we would have the same issue with energy that we have today because the issue is one of a lack of character. 
It is, it is a human deficiency. It's how we use energy. But what really got me with that is his use of the word character. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he necessarily means by that. What do you think Wendell Berry means by character there? Okay, well, wow, that's a big question. It, it is a big question. Um, with a lot of steps that I don't... <laughs> I, I have other questions about before we can even get to okay, character. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. So, like, what's the difference between a political problem and a human solution? Aren't politics human? Um, so, politics in general are... But what he's saying is we can't just make general laws and make the problem go away. So let Oh, we can't legislate a solution. Yes, legislate. Okay. He, he actually used the word legislate rather than political. Okay. Um, so we can't that legislate away a problem. About that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because politics aren't a bad thing. They're a human thing. You're right. That's better. Legislative. Okay. Uh, we can't just say, hey, we're going to make a bunch of laws and everything's going to be better. And then what are the problems that we have with energy that clean, non-negative effects, old, unlimited energy wouldn't fix. So he would say, like, our dependence, our ravenous use of energy, the fact that we need to look for this source of energy that we, we don't, that wasn't just already given to us. Like, people survived for millions of years. Yeah, they had a hard time, but, like, they kind of had what they needed. And suddenly, now that we've discovered like electricity and gas power, we have this need for unlimited energy. So he's saying that our our dependence and relationship with energy is is a problem. So when have we not had a ravenous relationship with energy? Uh, I would say so. We needed some energy, but we never needed before electricity and gas. We never needed electricity or gas. People survived and had good lives without electricity or gas. Yeah, but that's that's obvious, right? I mean, like, yeah. so what happens with the water wheel, right? Like, you start using the water wheel to crush grain, and then you have, you know, more efficient wheat processes or whatever. Is that a ravenous use of energy because you've got water wheels now? Uh... I doubt it. And here's the thing. He's not against necessarily, uh, like, technical advancement. Yeah. He's not 100% opposed to that. Okay. But he's opposed to our relationship with technical advancement. So, for example, he's very opposed to the American dream of we cannot ever be satisfied. We need constant advancement because lack of advancement is not good. He's saying that then we can never be satisfied where we are. That's his thing. Is America? Does he give an alternative vision then? Uh, I'm uh, don't know enough to say he does about like the energy yeah. problem necessarily. I haven't read enough there, but uh, like with the American Dream part, he says like we need to uh, like settle, settle. So he has this book, Unsettling of America, mm-hmm. and he's he's saying the American Dream has led to unsettling rather than settling. Because we can never settle down because we need this constant more, this constant advancement. Once we get something good, mm-hmm. we need something better. Mm-hmm. And he's saying... We need I to, agree with that. Yeah. We need to be able to have something good yeah. um, and like focus on community and human relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. 
So, given that, can you rephrase the question? Uh, maybe. Uh, so, he talks about how our problem is a lack of character. It is a, a human issue on our end rather than an energy issue on the energy's end. So our ravenous dependence or ravenous mm, insatiable need for more energy yeah. is not or is not is only due to a, a lack of character? Yes. Hmm. So, like, that's why he's not necessarily opposed to, te- to technological advancements, because he would say, if we can do it, if we can have good character, mm-hmm. then... Okay, let me give kind of another example. Uh, okay. Not kind of. Give another example. Yeah. Besides the energy example. Another thing he says is, um, in the U.S. right now, we push um, quantity of objective knowledge is our education. We just say... As opposed to quality. Well, as... Well, so let me keep going. But so he he says, like, you know, our education is just, you have to know as much stuff as possible. Mm -hmm. But is that useful without, again, he uses the word, character? Because we don't know how to use that knowledge. So, like, our education system does not people teach people how to use knowledge. Yeah. It just teaches you knowledge. And it, it, it has a priority on, on education even, not even necessarily knowledge, but education over character. For example, a bunch of jobs you can't get without a college degree, but someone without a college degree who has more character could do a better job at but because we have a priority on education, which is centered on quantitative, just bunches of knowledge. Hmm. Let me so that's his other use of the word character. Interesting. We're missing it. Okay. Uh, he uses the word culture often in kind of the same way. We have a lack of culture and character. As in saying, like, that person is not cultured? Um, that person has, is a person of weak character. Does he use them in the same way? Uh, yeah, he, you know, he doesn't usually refer to specific people, but like, yeah. yeah, he says like, the problem is not a problem of blank. The problem is a problem of a lack of character or a lack of culture. Hmm. Yeah, I find it fascinating. So what does that mean? Okay, so I guess I have to think about when I've heard the word character thrown around. Um. Usually it's involving, usually it's someone else or someone talking about someone else. Yeah. So that's a man of character or that's a man with a strong character. Um, usually it involves respect. Uh, to some degree, some sort of admiring, I think. Um, like the person saying they have character? Yeah. Admiring? Is, yeah. It's usually in a relationship of admiration. Yeah. Um, I guess I would... I think I would almost equate a man or a man, a person of strong character with a person, a virtuous person. Um, yeah, I think, I think I would say that those are the same thing. You Do you think the same those are thing? the same thing? See, that's kind of one of my questions. Is character just virtue. I think 
I think in a lot of ways it is. Like, do you think he's trying to use the word character instead of virtue because he just wants to, to use a different vocabulary? Um, I, I think, yeah. Ooh, I, I mean, I don't know. That's a hard question. I think he could be. Um, but I, I think he picks character very specifically. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think he does mean virtue, but I, I feel like, and I don't know how, but I feel like it's one of those like square rectangle things. Like okay. one of them fits inside yeah. of the other. And I think character fits inside of virtue. All right. So my gut right now is saying that virtue is something that's, it's kind of like pie in the sky ideal. Okay. And character somehow is pie in the sky ideal, but in an earthy way. You know, that would absolutely make sense with Wendell Berry. Yeah. Like his novels are all about the perfect world amid a fallen world. Like pretty much as good as you can get. His characters are so good because they're so relatable and so human. And they're they're like you know, you couldn't ask to be better than them, but they're not perfect. Yeah, so I think I think with virtue we tend to equate that with some sort of like intellectualism, you know, like virtue? Yeah. Uh I say that, a, I don't know if I... It's more of an ethical, moral thing when I think about it, usually. Yeah, but, okay, so, f- for instance, I guess if you were to use... Hmm, I don't like that example. Never mind. I guess I'm just trying to think of a place where I would say someone has strong character, but not also say that they use were a the virtuous virtue. person. Or where they have strong character comes first. And all I can think of is like when I was a kid, um, like interactions that my dad might have with uh, like business owners or trades people um, where the interaction was trust-based as opposed to, I don't know, contractual. Yeah, yeah. Um, So for someone to be like a man of their word, yeah, that's a man of strong character. I would agree with that, um, but I, I don't. I don't know how that's different than. Yeah. So, what what do you what what would you do with that? I don't know. I I, I agree with that. I think that that's good, and I think that if, so I think bringing the word culture into it yeah. also m- more, I think that he, it also means not just he means, but I think it also is talking about like. Uh, it's not just about you. It's not an individual thing. So, like, he's relating character, which sounds very particular, yeah. and culture. And he uses them not interchangeably, but almost. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it's partially, like, you know, the way that your life is lived affects who you are. Uh-huh. The way that the people around you live their life affects the way that you are. And so to have good character is not just like you've worked hard. And I think this applies to virtue, but my head applies more to character. Um, you've worked hard and you've grown in, in virtue and done these things. Is that you've been formed well and are a person of character. It's mm-hmm. not a matter of like effort necessarily. It's a matter of how the world around you has made you the person that you are. 
Cause that, so does that mean it's a passive thing? Um, I think not entirely, but I think in large part, yeah. Uh, of like, so like you know, these are our issues. We have we have to try and change them, but like also we have to understand that we're formed by not only our actions but the actions of others around us, the world that we live in, mm. uh, and so like you know. It, it involves, which, you know, I don't know that that is different than character. But my my head, virtue is more, maybe it's because I think about virtue more for myself. But virtue is more of like, I am trying to be more virtuous. Therefore, I have to strive for virtue. Yeah. Character is more passive of like, I have been formed well, and therefore I have character. Hmm. I don't, yeah. So I think they're, they're like hmm. that they come kind of in tandem right because even if you're sort of formed in this environment and you have character like it's a you're operating with virtue yeah right but i i guess there's something to be said for i when i think about the virtues i do i guess typically think of them as internal first yeah um, but they're seen externally. Yeah. Character, I think, is relational first. Like, it's external first. But I, when I think of character, it's always in, like, the trades-business relationship. Like, mm. that's the salt-of-the-earth people and, like, just interactions where he gives or they give or you know it'll all work out in the end kind of i don't i don't know i i really i really don't know what to do with that so yeah i don't know i i think when i think character i think of strong like the term strong moral character which i think is like integrity which we've already talked about on one whole episode integritisnicity mm, and integritisness integritisness yeah. uh, or something yeah. <laughs> more but, or less more or less but yeah i think that like you know moral integrity is what i think of like this is a man who not only stands by his morals and i think this is important i think this is actually exactly what we talked about in integrity but not only stands by his morals but stands by good morals you know you can stand all you want by bad morals, but you don't have character because they're bad morals. Yeah. But when you stand by good morals, then you have good moral character. So then do you think integrity and character are the same thing? Oh, God. I don't know. That sounds, honestly, I don't remember what we ended up saying about integrity. But I think, no, again, I would say the same difference... I kind of see with the virtue. square rectangle. Uh, well, yeah, but no, I, I think that more like integrity is this internal kind of oh, thing, okay. whereas character involves more of like this passive, not one hundred percent passive, but like a character is also like what has been done. You know, like virtue is what you're striving for, even if you mm. have some. But character is like I have character. I guess you could want more. That doesn't make any sense. You could always grow in character, but. You know, like, you've been formed and you have this character. Hmm. Yeah, I'm really struggling to... I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Except that I know when I see it, you know? It's like yeah. a... Like, you can tell when a man 
or really any person has strong character. I keep saying man. I don't know if I've ever heard the word... A woman with strong character. That's a woman with strong character. Probably have, but... I don't know if I have, honestly. Why is that? I don't know. You you had mentioned that we were going to talk about character. um, And that's immediately what I thought was like... The phrase I hear is, that's a man of strong character. And I was Hmm. like, well, why have I never heard... That's a woman of strong character. Like, is is character a, a masculine thing? And maybe maybe it's seen as that, but I mean, it can't be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if character is different than virtue. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think all of these things we've said about character, like it's how you're formed, it's what you've achieved, it's, it's not just you, it's relational. I think all those can be applied to virtue. Well, let's go back to the question then. So the original question was, the problem with energy is not something that can be legislated against or fixed through legislation. It's a problem of character. It's a problem of lack, lack of, of virtue. Does yeah, that fit his thought? I, I, I just, I, from what I've read, I think so. Yeah, so I think he's trying to I think he's trying to present virtue in a in a way that doesn't have all of the connotations with virtue. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, character seems more of like a a natural law thing of like, yeah, we can all yeah. agree that we need good character. We need to be formed. So then well what is what does that mean for your original question then? Do you think that's do you think that's the case? If we were just more virtuous, or yeah, I, I think a lot of things would be uh, fixed. I, I, a, I think he would absolutely say that too. Yeah. He, I mean, a lot of times he's just writing about environmental issues because that's his thing. Yeah. Because I mean, like if you read the book uh, Jaber Crow, also, it, it's it's not a story directly about him, but it's kind of a story about him, and it, like he's from middle of nowhere Kentucky, and he's seen tiny communities that you know, love each other very well and are just dependent on each other within that community be kind of torn apart by modernization mm-hmm. of just like, okay, well, we need to advance. We need paved roads. And then once paved roads come, then big trucks can come. And then there's big stores and not just like these little family-owned stores. Mm-hmm. And then farms have turned into these big things that are now like destroying the land um, right? because they're... They're using the land rather than working with the land and, and everything. And so, like, uh, he's, he's writing about the direct issue he sees. Yeah. Of like, okay, this is a you know environmental issue. But when he sees an environmental issue, he's not just thinking about, like, the ozone layer. He's like, we're hurting the earth, which we're supposed to be in proper order with. Hmm. We're supposed to work with. Um, but, yeah, I think virtue works with that. The thing that I like... One of the things I love about Wendell Berry is kind of what I said about what I thought character was, is like it's not just about you; it's always relational. And I think yeah. if we if we apply that to virtue, that's very good. Of like, yeah, the people that you are around, the people that are forming you, the world that you put yourself in, forms you into the character that you are. You know, to use the other use of character. Mm. Um, that's weird. Why do we have character as in virtue and character as in a person in a story? Yeah, I think 
I think it's interesting you brought up integrity because I think that's what makes I think that's what makes up a character or at least like a, a strong character in a story because a weak character would be one that sort of changes changes with the wind you know like there's you can't nail them down yeah um but at the same time, a strong character changes, but just properly. Yeah, in the way that like a a seed grows into a tree. Yeah, exactly. Whereas yeah. a weak character might change from a tree into a cat. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's true. What, what happened? Yeah, yeah. Um, that they're. Yeah, so I guess I. This sounds very Wendell Berry then. So I think character then is to allow oneself to be molded by your environment um, while at this, I guess, living in sort of this mutual cooperation between the environment and you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the environment and the, the natural sense, like, you know, earth. Yeah, yeah. But also in a cultural sense of, like, relationships. Yes, very, yeah. So... Character then is something that's right relationship with the environment as an earth or nature yeah. and relationship and to have strong character is to be strongly related with those things. I think, I think yes, but I think also like there is an objectively good way to live your humanity. Yeah. Like almost if you, you think like there is a character as in the story term of like mm-hmm. kind of how we're supposed to live humanity. Not like cookie cutter, we're all supposed to be the same, but like there's objective goods of how we're supposed to live our life as humans. Mm-hmm. And like to have character is to have, to be that character, you know, like to live humanity properly. Now that makes it sound way too like, Rigid. There's just like one particular that does sound way. Pretty rigid. But but I think that you know we can think of it in terms of like Jesus took on all human nature, you know, but he was one particular. So like if we think step back to like the human nature, we're p- going to particularly live it in different ways. Yet there are more proper and fitting ways for us to do it. It's like to have character is to live that out best. To live out our human nature best in our particular of our personhood. So here's a wrench. (laughs) Oh, good. If you're talking about character with story, like why we use the same word for sort of a virtuous integrity and for a character in a story, would we consider villains strong characters in a story? I think... Like literary wise, you have to say Eli's yes. Making a face that's saying, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like this is a completely different question, but definitely an applicable one. Um, but yeah, I mean, literary wise, you have to say yes. Like there are strong villains, yeah, characters, but do they have character? Usually, no. I mean, that's what that's what makes them villains. Like, they're lacking an objective good. Are they villains of character? <laughs> I, <laughs> they seem like opposites. It, yeah, it, yeah, it does seem like like they're, they're lacking character. Therefore, they're villains. Because they have 
something objectively bad that they're doing. Hmm. That makes it much more confusing. It does. <laughs> Do you think we ever use character in the literary sense as though it's the, I don't know, what's the other sense? Cultural? Moral sense? The moral sense. Do you think mm-hmm. we confuse those? Mm. Like in conversation? No. Do you? No, but I think there's I think there's words that we sort of impl- we were talking about this in moral theology of there are words that come sort of preloaded with connotations. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's no such he said there's no such thing as neutral language. Yeah. Which we could do a podcast on actually. That'd be yeah. a great one. Um Yeah, so I guess like what like what are we bringing into the word character? Is yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Words. We've already done one podcast on that. Might as well do another. We have. It's been like two years though. It's been like a year. We haven't been doing this for two years. It's been like I think it was the last one before Thanksgiving break, actually. So it's been it's been real close. It was either before Thanksgiving or Christmas break. Nice. It's been oh, they were both the same last year. We had Thanksgiving Christmas break. Yeah. Yeah, so it was the last one before break, which we're coming up on. Cool. About a month behind a year from that. Nice. Month behind a year. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Character. All right. Well. Yeah, you want to sum it up? Did we get anywhere? <laughs> I don't know if we did, honestly. We just decided, I think, that character is virtue. But then we emphasize the fact that virtue is not a completely internal thing. Yeah. It's, but it, you're formed by your actions and the world around you. And therefore, to have proper action is to have proper or proper character and virtue is to have proper relations with the world around you as they form you. A lot of propers. Proper. A lot of propers. It's important. I'm big into well order. Mm. You know, that's my, yep. my big theological thing. It's we the book of well Eli. Ordered. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything else? I think that's pretty much what we got. All right. Well, what should people yeah. think about this week? <laughs> Yeah, I guess my question would be like, who are people around you that you consider to be people of upstanding character? Mm-hmm. Um, who are the people that you look up to? You mm-hmm. know, and I'll add on that: what are the th- the things, situations, activities in your life that you do that you think help make you more of a person of character? That's a good question. Alrighty. Well, yeah. there we are, folks. Here we are. Thank you for listening to that, Wander. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Wendell Berry, my man. May all of your wonders be blessed. God bless. Mm-hmm.